Welcome, everyone. This is Brad Franklin, publisher of CavsCorner.com, coming to you live from the underbelly of U.S. Bank Stadium in Minneapolis, where Virginia victors over Auburn last night, 63-62. Cavaliers advancing to their first national championship game appearance in school history. Um, an incredible finish to a game uh, and an incredible run of finishes, two of which the last two weeks I'm still not exactly – or excuse me, the last two games I'm still not exactly sure how to process um, – Anyway, we, we're here covering it for you as is. We, we've obviously dropped a lot of video on the site today. thought we'd get a Cavs Corner conversation. And I'm joined by none other than Justin Ferber, staff writer here at CavsCorner.com. Um, <laughs> Justin got here and uh, immediately saw one of the greatest games uh, in, uh, in not just Virginia history, in tournament history. And I guess I just want to start here, dude. Like, How do you even put this experience into context in terms not just of – your career as you know writer for the site and that kind of thing but in terms of your own personal experience as a observer of basketball as a fan or whatever however you wanted to describe it yeah i mean it, it's kind of surreal you walk in here and the pictures that everybody's been posting the last few days on twitter i mean it just doesn't really do it justice you kind of have to see it for yourselves and anybody who wasn't here yesterday but is on the way for the championship you're definitely in for a treat it's it's awesome um environment was great you definitely like I said this on Twitter, but, you know, definitely like a dream come true just to be at a Final Four. Nonetheless, you know, UVA being in it and, and having a real shot to win it. And then obviously how the game played out, it was awesome. Um, and, you know, obviously there were some tense moments in there, but, you know, um, I, I think that overall it's it's been like kind of surreal. It almost doesn't feel like it's really happening. Um, but, I mean, here we are 40, mi- 40 minutes away from a title, you know, if they can play well against a really good Texas Tech team. Yeah, I think that's that's definitely the way I kind of I remember walking out there on the floor the first time that they allowed us on the floor and just getting a sense for how big the building is and how, you know, how everything looked. It was it was very surreal. You walked out and said, uh, this is the coolest thing I've ever done or something like that Um, in the pantheon of sports experiences. Being at a final four has to rank up there pretty high for you. Um, What would winning watching Virginia win a national championship? What would that be like? I guess you'll have to ask me tomorrow because I'm not really sure. Um, yeah, I mean, I think it, it – like I talked about this on the podcast last week, but I never really saw this as like a realistic goal growing up as a fan. Um, I honestly thought that, you know, maybe they'll make a run one year to a Final Four and Elite Eight. And like Dave said, and I should mention that uh, that Dave's not here. He should be here. But, you know, circumstances, having a job, you know, writing off the taxes, whatever he does um, – I, you know, hopefully he's uh, enjoying whatever's been happening from afar. But, um, yeah, I mean, it, it, I never really thought we'd be in this position. And I always wondered, like, I always kind of imagined where we, you know, I'm sure you've done the same, like where you'd be when they win it or what that would look like. And I always assumed I'd be home and it'd be really late at night, <laughs> you know, and I would be celebrating there. But, but here we are in the stadium and it's going to be a completely different sort of experience if they are able to pull it off tomorrow night. One more question on the on last night and sort of the entirety of that situation the destiny that it seems to sort of be for this team I don't want to talk too much about destiny and fate and all those kinds of um you know encompassing sorts of things but you watched last week and you watched last night and it's hard not to come away thinking man UVA really has some luck uh you can look at that two ways the Cavaliers are using a lot of luck um maybe (laughs) banked over years and years of heartbreak um 
but this is a really tough Texas Tech team, and you're going to need a little luck to beat them too. As you've been breaking down this game for the preview, and as you know, you watched them last night against Michigan State. What really stands out to you about Texas Tech? There's going to be so much talk about the defense, but what stands out to you most, and and how do you see this matchup sort of um, shaping up right now? Yeah, I guess what stands out to me, honestly, are just the similarities between the two. Um, the, you know, they they play a little different, obviously. Texas Tech plays faster than UVA, they're, but they're only 237th in tempo. So, I mean, they're not exactly a fast-playing team. But you kind of look at the way their roster is constructed, and obviously a lot of these guys either are having big impacts now that they maybe didn't have last year because they had, you know, I think they lost five of their top six scorers from last year's team, which is, and that team made the Elite Eight. And that in itself is an accomplishment. I mean, just being able to get here with all new pieces. But, um, so yeah, some of the guys that they have, you know, have come from other schools or younger guys, but. Um, just like the way their roster is constructed, they have a lottery pick wing three, four type player who's a really good defender and uh, can score in a variety of ways, just like Dre. Um, and I think that they're going to play, you know, they're going to match up head to head, and I think it's going to be awesome. But uh, they also have a bunch of, you know, they have terrific guards around him. Matt Mooney, who transferred from South Dakota, who I believe, and you can correct me on this if I'm wrong, I believe UVA was at least a little bit interested or involved in that you know transfer process for him he's awesome he had 22 points last night made a bunch of threes uh he's been a really nice get for this team and they probably needed him to get to where they are now and then david moretti who's um from italy and and he's really good average double figures this year and they have some very competent bigs i mean Tariq owens is a good player he got hurt last night but was able to come back i don't remember if he came back into the game but it seems like he's good to go um and uh I don't want to butcher his name, but uh, you keep calling him Ted DiBiase. Um, so uh, what is it, Norens Obiasi or something like that? Um, he, he's a good defensive player, um, and, and they have depth. And the defense, you know, you mentioned it. I'm not going to spend too much time talking about it, but th- they are as good as advertised. They they don't play the pack line, but they play a lot of man concepts, a lot more turnover-based than UVA is um, as far as, like, trying to get steals and blocks and so on and so forth. Um, but it you watch it in Texas or Michigan state really struggled to find anything on offense throughout the game. And I think it was 23, 21 and a half Michigan state shot like 31% for the game. Um, and if you look at what they've done in the tournament, I mean, they have won those games comfortably. I mean, they won by 15, 20, 19, six and 10 in their tournament games. And if you look at who they've played, Virginia is number one in Ken Palm. Texas Tech is number five. And Texas Tech has played number three, number two, and number six on the way here. And then Buffalo and Northern Kentucky. Um, And the only other team in the top five that they didn't play was Duke, who they played earlier in the season. So, I mean, they've had a tough road, but they've basically handled all the challenges that they've faced. Yeah, I mean, that's the thing about this Red Raiders team. Not one, place is going to be packed. Like, they really brought a lot of of fans in this game last night, and I was was really impressed with that. And you can tell there's a lot of enthusiasm around that program. Their first appearance in the Final Four, Chris Beard, obviously, you know, his first opportunity to to possibly get a national championship out of of this deal. Um, It seems like to me, and you correct me if I'm wrong here, but it seems like to me what Virginia wants to do primarily defensively is, is everything goes to the middle. What Texas Tech wants to do is push everything to the side. And... Even though they are two defensive-minded programs built around their defense, hanging their hat on their defense, the way that they get to that point is very different, right? And so you mentioned, you know, getting steals, you know, getting like they're they're not just a a tough defense to play. They'll switch everything. They like I said, they'll push everything to the side. Virginia's side action is going to be really interesting to watch in this game. Um, 
there's a lot of strength on strength and a lot of weakness on weakness for me. I, I find this matchup, even if even if the, the, the narrative today is that this isn't a very sexy national championship game, I find this matchup incredibly uh, intriguing. And um, for the Cavaliers to win it, I feel like two things have to happen. I think Mamadi Diakite has a score. Uh, I think he's got to be much better, you know, in the paint at the rim than he was in in the first game in this uh, in this uh, arena. And I think, too, the Cavaliers have to not necessarily hit a bunch of threes or anything like that, but I think consistency is key. You know, consistently coming down and getting points, whether that's inside or outside, I think that's vital um, against a team like Texas Tech, which seems to get its energy from its defense. Virginia, a team that gets its a lot of its energy from its offense and has for most of the season – I think the Red Raiders are the opposite. What I watched last night and the bits I was able to see because I was, you know, trying to finish, you know, post game stuff is that they want to they want to get you rattled, and then they want to step on your throat on the other end. And Mooney, um, Culver, I mean, they are really good. They've got really good pieces, and they fit together really well. I think Chris Beard's a heck of a coach. I think it's going to be it shapes up to be a great one. Um, what's your one key? For Virginia in this game, what's your what's the thing that the Cavaliers absolutely one hundred percent have to do in order to to get this win and, and win a championship? Yeah, I mean, I, it's not super complicated. I think that their defensive principles, especially because um, Texas Tech's offense is twenty eighth in efficiency. Uh, just for trivia purposes, the only team that has won a national title in the Ken Palm era with an offense or defense ranked outside the top twenty is twenty fourteen UConn who you guys might remember came out of UVA's bracket as a seven seed, kind of like a random run to the championship with Shabazz Napier. They were 39th on the offensive end, I believe. Um, this Texas Tech offense is 28th. I think that UVA, the pack line obviously sets up to not allow teams to shoot well from two. And I think that if UVA can force Texas Tech to rely on the three, I think that they might be able to you know get them to have a rough shooting night auburn very reliant on the three they took a bunch yesterday and they only made 29 of them it was the first time anybody's made less than 30 or it's the first time they've made less than 30 in any game since alabama in the regular season so i think that was like 10 games in a row where they were 30 percent or better texas tech is not as reliant on the three as the last couple teams uva's played they only they shoot 36.6 percent which is fine 66th best um but they only get 29.8% 29.8% of their points from threes, which is like 240th nationally. And, you know, they they just work, you know, they get a lot of their points from twos and free throws. And so I think if UVA can defend the paint like they normally try to do and do everything that their defense is set up for them to do and make Texas Tech kind of shoot over them and basically play above their average, then I think that UVA gets a good chance to win, especially in a low possession game. Because unless Texas Tech is stringing a bunch of threes together, which they have, I mean, they have at times, but there's, you know, the numbers kind of back up that they're not as streaky hot as like an Auburn team or even Purdue. Um, I think UVA could could get some gaps, which I think they were trying really hard to get against Auburn in the second half yesterday and kind of struggled at times to put it away. I think that if they can get some gaps like that and then put a few scores together, they can kind of pull away, not unlike how Texas Tech did against Michigan State where they kind of got it out to like 14, and then by then Michigan State was cooked. You said this to me. I don't know. Wait, did you say it to me or to a group? I don't remember where you said it, but you said it yesterday that there's zero way to prepare for that environment. There's no way to simulate it. There's no yeah with the people in the room. Like you could practice for a like you could practice for a month in that building, you know, in, on that floor, and it would just not compare. How do you feel like 
what, what sort of confidence do you have about Virginia in that moment, given the pressure? Obviously, the last two games have been nuts. But how, what, do you, what, are your, what are your thoughts on Virginia in that moment, in that pressure situation, back on that court? Do you expect the Cavaliers to, to even play better because they now have that experience of being there? Or will the fact that it's a national championship game trump any sort of, um, any sort of, uh, of, bo- of boost or, or, or whatever you might get from having played there already? Yeah, I mean, I think this this team, I think both teams really are, are tested at this point. Uh, UVA maybe more, uh, definitely more so because they've had to grind their way through this tournament a little bit more than Texas Tech, and that's not a knock on Texas Tech. I mean, if UVA could have won every game comfortably, I'm sure they would have chosen that route. Um, but uh, UVA had to kind of grind through a low-scoring Oregon game. They had to, you know, pull out some stuff at the end of the Purdue game, obviously the last 10 seconds against Auburn, but even that game was a battle throughout um, I think that they're tested. I think as far as the environment, I mean, I think they kind of got that out of their system probably against Auburn. And I'm sure Texas Tech, you know, they, they played in it last night as well. So I kind of think that that part of it is not as jarring to them probably. I mean, obviously you know what you're playing for, but, you know, the stakes are still very, very, very high on Saturday in the Final Four, right? I mean, you're playing for a chance to play for a national championship. And there's no tomorrow. So it's not like... I think maybe sometimes that can be freeing in a sense because it's like you don't have to worry about what you're going to lose if you lose this game. Obviously, you don't win the national title, but you are not. You can't really get knocked out. It's like it ends here no matter what. You kind of can just go for it at that point. Good stat from our good friend John Gasway, who has no idea who I am. Texas Tech has held its five tournament opponents to .85 points per possession. That's the best tournament defense played by any national uh, finalist since UCLA in 2006. So, I mean, you're talking about an elite-level defense. I think it was Dave, and we'll give Dave another shout-out here. Um, I think it was him who said the thing, basically, that this game is the Spider-Man meme, right, where you're basically two teams pointing at each other. It's it's interesting to me, um, and we were talking, Ferber and I were talking on the, on the rail over here about things we say on the podcast all the time, and I always say that something's interesting. But it is interesting to me that that in order for Virginia to win its first national championship, the Cavaliers are going to have to have scored 80 points and and had you know withstood a barrage from an just an otherworldly performance from Carson Edwards to even get here, and then last night to to do what the Cavaliers did in the last seven seconds, but that they're gonna have to beat a team which is basically an even better defense than the Cavaliers have, and that's not you know the UVA has been the best defense in the country for years. This one's a little bit different, not necessarily bad by any stretch, but certainly not quite as good maybe as the Cavaliers have been the last few years. I just find that just absolutely um it's not even um it's not even just interesting i think it's poetic in a way that the cavaliers are going to have to beat a defense better than theirs in order to win the title um i i can't believe we're about to cover a a national championship game I, i just i'm having trouble processing it all you know um you know it's it makes you just want to like throw your hands up, you know, and just be like, "What are you supposed?" To, you know what I mean? Like some of those moments in these games, you're like, "How do you? What do you how do you come up with the words?" You know, um, it, it, I just don't. I don't know how. I don't know how to put a lot of what the last week, the last month has been like in context. But I know that out there, a lot of Virginia fans. If you're somebody who lives in in the Charlottesville area, maybe you're going to JPJ to watch the game with everybody else on the screen. Um, if you're going to watch from home, um, if you're here in this in the stadium and and Lord knows they're going to be a lot of Texas Tech fans here. Um, it's going to be an experience and something I'm, I'm very much uh, looking forward to. Ferber, any other thoughts before we wrap up uh, this conversation? Yeah, I mean, I, I think that it, it's 
it, I don't. I hope it's not a once in a lifetime thing, but I mean, it could be. So, if you're coming, great. If not, you're watching on TV. Just enjoy it. I think that this is my personal opinion, um, and I think most people would probably agree. I think that as bad as the UMBC game hurt in the moment, and maybe for a few days after, I think this run has been more good than that game was bad. Right? I think that. Those demons have sort of been exercised no matter what happens, um, especially given what has happened in the last two games. I think that, you know, UVA pulling out two, I don't want to say miraculous wins, because they had to do the work to get them. I mean, it wasn't like, you know, Kyle gets fouled on the three, but he had to go earn those free throws and everything else that came before that. And, you know, the play they made against Purdue was a play that they made. It wasn't like it, you know, it's not like the Duke-UCF game where it just fell off the rim in their favor, right? Um, but, yeah, I mean, I think that, I hope that people are enjoying it, but I mean, at the same time, I just just kind of try to take it all in. I mean, I'm just trying to like enjoy the little things that are part of it, you know, the intros and just the the whole thing, and you know, seeing all the people here and um, just like living in the moment instead of trying to think about like what this will mean for five, ten years from now or anything like that. Big picture. Um, last thing, I completely forgot at the top of the show. Happy birthday. Um, uh, did you ever think that you would be doing this on your birthday, sitting in the bottom of a stadium in Minneapolis? It's funny because months ago, looking at the dates, I, I realized what the date was and thought I would love to be working on my birthday. But I didn't necessarily think that that was actually, you know, a thing that would happen. Um, yeah, this is April. Um, it, it's funny because this is not the first time the national championship game has been in and around my birthday. You know, so it's basically going to be like this forever. Um, I would be okay with UVA being here every year and me having to – you know, celebrate my birthday from some random place. But, um, yeah, I mean, you know, no, definitely not something I ever expected. But if uh, the Cavaliers win this thing and you get on the website tomorrow night and it's just like a, you know, the thing is crash, there's like a little sign up, that's, you know, under construction or, you know, there's like a, uh, a code phrase or some, sh you know, nonsense up there, some, you know, cinnamon bits or something, you know, some the, the site broke. Um, I apologize in advance. Um, but this is a this is a huge deal. And uh, I'm just uh, – I'm excited to be here. I think the thing you asked the question yesterday about, you know, who's the person that you've seen that um, that you sort of uh, that you're like the most taken aback by. And I still think seeing Bo Jackson for some reason last night did that to me. And Greg Gumble. I don't know why, I, but I think maybe because he's a studio guy and you never see him in person. Um, but, you know, I was walking behind like Grand Hill and Steve Smith and they bumped into John Thompson third. And I'm like, that's not a, you know. But, like, I saw Bo Jackson. I was like, dude, that's Bo Jackson, man. Like, there was a part of me that was uh, I was super pumped at that. Who's the one person for you? We'll wrap it up on that. Who's the one person you've seen here that you're just like, oh, my gosh, that's so-and-so? Yeah, I mean, Bo Jackson was cool. Charles Barkley. I mean, obviously a rough night for him. Uh, yeah, I mean, that was a tough one. But uh, them, uh, Pat Mahomes is here. Uh, so it was cool to have an elite quarterback here. And then also Kirk Cousins is here. Um, yeah, just a regular quarterback. Um so, yeah, I mean, it's cool. It's just weird seeing, all, like, all the coaches and everything. There's just, I mean, last night I was walking back to our seats, and it was Jim Calhoun, John Beeline, uh, Jim Beheim, and Matt Painter sitting next to each other. And I was like, this is weird. It's like worlds are colliding or something. But, yeah, I mean, if, you, if, you, if you're not here, like, I, f I kind of feel bad. I mean, I'm sure there's a lot of people with FOMO. Um, but the people who are here, I, I know that they've been loud and, and having fun and all over town. So I think it's going to be a lot of fun tomorrow night, no matter where you are. Um, but, uh, we'll try to cover it the best way we can and see what happens for the record for anybody out there. FOMO means fear of missing out just for the record. Um, I think this is a good place to put a pin in it. I want to thank Justin for, um, I mean, not really giving graciously of his time cause 
he's here to, to work the Final Four. Um, and so as we wrap up National Championship Media Day, I want to thank him for jumping on the show. Um, thank everybody out there for continuing to support the show uh, and giving us a listen. And we will, I guess, see you on the other side. For Justin Ferber and Brad Franklin, publisher of CavsCorner.com, thanks for coming out. We'll see you soon.